Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Basement Podcast. And we're back from our week or so hiatus, right? And that was pretty much just to prepare for this really long episode that we've got coming up. I'm here with Tom. What's up, everybody? We're back doing our first in-person episode, actually, and uh, it's going to be a good one. We've got a lot to talk about today. So I figure we started off, as always, like we do with the NFL, and let's start. uh, Zach Wilson shines at his pro day. Yeah. Uh, I watched it from pretty much start to finish. It's just like he's so talented, not only with just like his arm and his accuracy, but just Mm -hmm. his ability to – obviously, you're throwing against air, but – just, just the ability to get out the pocket and still make these hard off balance throws, and I've yeah, I've been watching some interviews of him, and he said that that's one thing. Like he thinks that's his biggest strength, and he really wanted to show that in his pro day, and mm. I think he hundred percent did. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember it. I remember everyone was going crazy about that throw. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I was telling you about this, about that Jets 49ers game where Sam Darnold made the same throw with two Niners defenders coming at him, which honestly I think is something good. But Tommy said Sam Darnold played like crap the rest oh, of the yeah. game. So. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the Jets a little bit later, but I we'll talk about that, I think, when we get to there. Mm-hmm. But I just think <sighs> – his pro day was so good, and going moving on, Justin Fields' pro day was also really good. And if you compare the two, I think we talked about this. I don't know if we were doing the podcast or not. Mm-hmm. If it was like all if we were when we were recording, you're we talking about this or not? But you were like, who whose pro day, or do you think Trey Lance's pro day moved him up ahead of Justin Fields? I'm yeah. pretty sure I said we have to wait and see. And after well, this pro day happened yet? Trey Lance's, yeah, yeah, his was a couple weeks ago, oh. but. I'm pretty sure I said that it all depends on what Justin Fields does, and I think Justin Fields 100% just moved him above Trey Lance back again because, you know, during this whole process, it was kind of like, okay, it's Trevor and Fields. Then it was Trevor and Wilson as one and two, and then three and four kept flipping. So now I think Justin Fields solidifies himself as that number three quarterback overall Mm -hmm. that goes back – to the like the draft order and who wants who, mm-hmm. which is another thing we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about. Moving into it right now, actually, is that the Niners uh, moved up into number three blockbuster mm-hmm. trade, which pretty much just solidified that one, two, and three are going to be quarterbacks. Yeah, and that's something that's like, uh, who are the Niners going to take? Is it going to be um, Mac Jones? Oh, I don't, I don't see them taking Mac Jones there. Know. It's just such a weird pick. Why would you take Mac Jones at three? Instead of Justin Fields, uh, mm-hmm. Justin Fields, I think, is pretty much guaranteed to go number three. I think that's what should happen. Um, I think it's weird the fact that if they want to trade up for Mac Jones, I don't. I think they could have stayed at twelve and had a good shot. And if you even if you want to take Mac Jones, you trade up to to eight or seven with the Lions. I think the Lions might want to trade back a little. Yeah. I don't see moving up to three to take Mac Jones, but it it's all making sense now that the fact that. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were both at Alabama's Pro Day and not Ohio State's. They were at, on the same day, and I think that holds a lot of significance. And it's, I think it's going to come down to either Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And, again, I think the fact that they traded up before both of their Pro Days, Justin Fields and Mac Jones, I think Trey Lance I think is the front runner right now. But I, I don't know why they wouldn't take Justin Fields there. I think they should have been at Justin Fields' Pro Day, especially with the performance he had. Yeah. But it's definitely – 
a lot of it's, – it's confusing why they weren't there. It, it's so crazy. It's like if they ever wanted to, they obviously have scouts that could go to that Ohio State Pro Day. The two of them could split up. One goes to the other. Uh, I – Pretty much, though, not going to the pro day is the biggest hint to say that they are not interested in Justin Fields. Yeah. I think that's the biggest telltale sign, which pretty much you could say that they eliminate him. But he's the number three quarterback. Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't want to take the best overall quarterback mm-hmm. at that spot. But yeah. we're not we're not the Niners general managers yeah. here. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, moving on with that whole day where the blockbuster trades happened, we have the Dolphins. Uh, what happened first? Because the Dolphins traded back Dolphins, to 12. Bo- Dolphins traded back to 12, and the Eagles were at 6. Yeah, and then, the, and then, then originally what finished it is that the Dolphins went to 6, and the Eagles dropped out of the top 10, mm-hmm. and now the Eagles are at 12. Yeah. And I think, actually, that last game of the season where the Eagles played the Giants, I think that if the Eagles ended up beating the Giants, their original seed in the draft, I think, would have been the 12 seed, mm-hmm. if I remember it correctly, because that's why they sold the game. To get that higher pick. Yeah. But they're out of the top 10 again, so. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It was really confusing. It makes sense for Miami. It makes so much sense now, especially yeah. with everyone thinking that the top four picks are going to be quarterbacks. That's mm-hmm. what I think is going to happen. And yeah. With the, excuse me, with the Bengals up in the air, if they want to take Panay Sewell, if they want to take Kyle Pitts, if they want to take Jamar Chase, I think it puts in puts the Dolphins in a perfect situation to get yeah to get either, whoever they want to get yeah. to get Penny Sewell to get Jamar Chase to yeah. get uh Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts yeah I mean I've seen people talk about the Falcons on who they're gonna get I mean I don't know do you know how old Matty Ice is he's like thirty six I think oh, did- I didn't know he was that old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it sort of makes sense for them to take a quarterback, but it sort of all plays out about how the draft goes because if the Niners go and pick Mac Jones with three, that means Justin Fields is available at four, yeah. and that's for the Falcons something good. But if the Falcons still – I mean, if the Niners still end up taking Justin Fields, they may want to take someone else, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think I think Atlanta taking Justin Fields, if he's there, makes it, it makes the most sense. They restructured Matt Ryan's contract so where they can get out of it after this season. Mm. It's going to take a big cap hit and a lot of dead dead cap, but it's. I think it makes sense. And how many times are going to be picking in the top ten? And especially yeah. with a quarterback with Matt Ryan, next year is probably going to be a decent year. I don't think they'll be picking top five again. And I yeah, think it, I think it. They have to take a quarterback if Justin Fields there. And I think I don't know if Justin Fields goes at three, then you question it. I think yeah. Kyle Pitts would be good there. Get yeah. Matt Ryan another weapon, but their defense is also so bad. So exactly. I think it's too high to pick Sertan or Micah Parsons or even yeah. Edge. I just, I think but I mean, they haven't good. traded out yet. Yeah. So I th- it seems like Falcons. They're going with full rebuild, free full rebuild mode. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. And uh, they know that they have to take the quarterback. So yeah. let's see. Moving on about what we were talking about earlier, we have for the Jets' job, starting quarterback Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, or Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I've expressed this a lot to Tommy that I do not think it is time to move on from Sam Darnold yet. I still think that he has a little bit left in the tank, and if the Jets help him out a little bit more, I think that this could be the year where maybe he finally does something. But I don't know. It's bad to say that it, questioning if he has something left in the tank in year and in going in into year his fourth. Year. Well, left in the tank with the Jets. At yeah, least. I know, but it's just I don't think think the Jets have to do their due diligence mm-hmm. to Sam. They've ruined him so much. I think this new coaching staff can definitely help him, but for the sake of the team and the sake for of Sam, I think they have to move on. Yeah, it's just you gotta. It's it's been so bad. 
Sam had so much talent. A lot of people going into that 2017 draft, uh-huh. oh, the Browns are going to take Sam Darnold. Yeah, oh, he yeah. Falls, I remember that. But everyone had him as that QB1 in that class, and I just – Maybe a change of, change of scenery yeah, is the best that's, for that's him. that's exactly it. But um, it's like we were talking about the other day where it's like Zach Wilson, it's just like you don't know if the Jets are going to be the top five again. Mm-hmm. It's the new coaching staff. It's it's all up to them, right? Yeah. If they think Sam Darnold's the guy, if not, and it's it's totally up to them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And do you still think there's the possibility that they take Justin Fields or you think it's pretty much locked in for Zach Wilson? Um, I think it's pretty much locked in. If they're taking a quarterback, I think it's Zach Wilson, especially – if the whole thing with the Eagles, they wanted to trade up to three, possibly if Zach Wilson was oh, going to be there. Don't even get me started about that. That <laughs> is the stupidest thing the Eagles could have done if they went and traded up to three. Oh, just after drafting uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, hey, let the Eagles do their thing. Mm-hmm. I, I would love it if the Eagles continue to suffer. <laughs> yeah, but just that whole thing. If they, if they, if Zach Wilson, if they thought Zach Wilson was going to be at three, they would trade up. But and. They clearly, no one thinks that Zach Wilson is falling behind, falling past the Jets, and mm. I, I think that's the what what everyone is thinking around the league. I think that's what's going to happen. I think Zach Wilson's going to be the QB one of the New York Jets week one. Yeah, I mean, I always remember it was like I thought it was always Trevor and Justin Fields. Was it the mm-hmm. pro day that really launched him up so much? Well, like every obviously during the season, you just kind of watch the games, but when after the after the college season's over and you finally sit down and watch the tape. Everyone just saw what what Zach Wilson can do, and yeah. and Justin Fields' tape wasn't that good because of his struggle. Well, they only played what eight games, ended yeah, up six big, regular season games. Big and, Ten started so much later. Yeah, so and even in his fre- or well, his sophomore season, his first real season playing at Ohio State, he didn't he didn't do amazing. I mean, he was a he was a Heisman finalist, but the step back from sophomore year to junior year really. I think caught the eyes of scouts, and I think Zach Wilson's tape was just so phenomenal that uh, they had to. Um, everyone thinks Zach Wilson's number two, QB two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. That's pretty much going to wrap it up here for our NBA segment. NFL. Or yeah, sorry, <laughs> so that's what I meant to say. NFL. Okay. Um, yeah, and that pretty much wraps up for our NFL segment, and we're going to take a quick break and uh, go for the NBA segment. Okay, everyone, we're back again, and uh, just wanted to say again. We're, we took a week off, so this trade deadline stuff is a little bit late. But I mean, not trade deadline. The NFL stuff is all late, but mm-hmm. uh, we're we're coming at you, right? And moving on for this next segment, we've got the NBA trade deadline. Bunch of guys moved, a lot of stuff happened, and uh, let's, let's dive right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I, I really didn't think much was going to happen, but the first big trade was uh, the Bulls traded for Nikola Vucevic. The Magic mm-hmm. are pretty much just resetting the clock in, here and. Uh, they got Wendell Carter, um, uh, Wendell Carter, and some. I think they might have got like Christian Feliciano or something. I don't really remember. It wasn't. Was oh, they got Otto, Otto Porter from the uh, Bulls, yeah. and it's a, it's a good trade for the Bulls. I think they were on the outside looking in mm. the playoffs right now. The second half of the season. It's just pretty much getting underway. We got like I think we got like twenty something games left. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely a good trade for the Bulls. He's he's I think he's thirty or something, and he's getting up there in age. But I mean, if you're it's, in a win it's now something mode. to help them in. Mm-hmm. To, I wouldn't say they're in a completely win now mode. Yeah, I would say they're more. Um, 
they're like you said, outside looking in, and they really want to just get in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Uh, let's see. Let's do another big name, another Magic's guy leaving. We got Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And uh, who the, who the um, Nuggets give up they, for him? Uh, RJ Hampton and Gary Harris, which I really thought RJ Hampton was kind of an eye-opener for me in this trade. I, I guess to get a big guy like Aaron Gordon, who's definitely – He's like on the brink of being an all-star. I think one of these years, I think he's finally going to break through. But uh, it's a good trade for the Nuggets too. Another team that is really in a win-now mode. I think. Yeah. Now, the now season. the Nuggets, I would say, are yeah. definitely in a win-now mode. Mm-hmm. They are like win-now. Yeah, hundred percent. Because they were they were so good last year, and they came just short in the uh, in the Western Conference Finals. Um, yeah, and I just. I think this is a good trade. RJ Hampton going to the Magic, I think, is good. Good pickup. Gary Harris is a good, good third option on the team. So I don't think he's really gonna. That that's not a really big impact player for them because I don't think he's a star. Mm-hmm. I think he's somewhere. He's someone that could probably come in there and mentor some young guys like RJ Hampton and Cole Anthony. And I yeah. think this is more of a uh, like a vet. Uh, he's a veteran at this point. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's mm-hmm. not old, but. He's been a, he's hasn't been around. He's been on the Nuggets, but he's experienced some playoff basketball. The Magic won't be there this year after all this, but <laughs> I, I think it's a it's a good good guy to get to to mentor some young guys. He's a good good shooting guard in the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, Evan Fournier to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, who the Celtics give up? I don't remember. remember. No one great. Uh, no one great. No. Yeah. I don't know. I think they they moved. Definitely, I feel Tice. like this is the most um, forgettable. Yeah. yeah. Is it? I think they gave up Daniel Tice and now to the Magic. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he, he went to Chicago too or something. I don't uh, know. But yeah. I, that's not a big loss for them either. Evan Fournier is a good pickup. He's kind of like this Aaron Gordon, the Aaron Gordon on this team. Just got to gotta get your shots. Just that, again, a, a good third, fourth option on a team who can knock down his threes. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's someone to to lay the weight or get – Take weight off of uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen. Yeah, shoulders. Celtics. Celtics definitely needed um, mm-hmm. anyone they could get, you know, yeah. because seemingly such a disappointing year for the Celtics yeah, so right now. Hard. I think they're hovering around five hundred, like the yeah. eighth seed in the mm-hmm. East. Oh, yeah, it's so disappointing for the Celtics. I'd, I'd be, I'd hate to be a Celtics fan right now, mm-hmm. especially um, with all that talent. Oh, Tatum is such a waste. Tatum's a top three player in the league soon. So, I, I was. I thought yeah, you were going right to say now. now. Right yeah, soon. soon. Um, let's see here. Moving on. Uh, Rockets got rid of Oladipo, and he went to the Heat. And mm-hmm. who's the guy from the Heat that they gave up? I don't remember his name. I don't know why I'm blanking. Complete radio silence, everyone. Eh, it's okay. Um, let's see. Just remember, I think Oladipo got to the. Oh, I remember this now. Oladipo got shipped to the Heat, and it was pretty much a pretty much a really good deal for the heat because yeah. the heat gave up practically yeah, nothing. nothing that's all i remember uh-huh. is it was nothing no crazy guy but i really think this helps out the heat a lot having victor yeah. oladipo mm-hmm. really just strengthens them going near the yeah. end of the season into the playoffs yeah another person again to take the weight off of jimmy Butler's shoulders obviously you got you got bam but he's not like i don't know bam's more of a he he's he can score the ball don't get mm-hmm. me wrong but he's definitely there to rebound and can play good defense and Obviously, Jimmy Butler's the number one option, and again, Victor Oladipo. It's kind of kind of clashes their positions a little, but yeah. I still think it's perfect for them. They, especially again after last season, making that finals run. I think they mm-hmm. can make another run if the if the East is terrible in the in the playoffs, which I don't see happening. But I think they're they're putting themselves in a good position, probably to maybe lock up for the fourth seed yeah. after the big three in the the East and. 
It's a good trade for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving on, Kyle Lowry actually never got dealt, and that mm-hmm. that is something I'm quite surprised about. But it makes me happy because he's like the leader in all things Raptors, you yeah. know. So it's good that he's gonna end it off as a Raptor because I would hate to see him go somewhere like I don't know, can't even think of his name, just Phoenix. I don't know. Just, yeah. You you would hate to see him not retire as a Raptor and finish it yeah. off as a Raptor, you know? Yeah, he's got his ring, so you don't like if you're in the Rockets front office you don't or the raptors front office you don't feel as bad not moving him because he, he's had his ring he's yeah he's done everything he's done. for your city so you feel a little bad there and you want to try and get him somewhere where you can win another but he's won one so mm-hmm. i guess you could say at least he's won one it's yeah. not like it's a guy who suffered on the raptors didn't win but all right um let's see there's pretty much all the big trades that happened at the nba trade deadline and to strengthen it like you're saying big three in the east Remind me of the Nets, but these Nets and Lakers are just stacking up for what is supposed to be this epic clash in the finals this season. The NBA Nets got Lamarcus Aldridge and the Lakers got Drummond. Mm-hmm. And it's really something that is like everyone's like, geez, Nets, you need someone else again? It's like mm-hmm. it's Nets are loading up. Lakers are seems like they're getting ready, and this seems like it's destined to be a finals yeah. matchup. Yeah, it I uh... I don't want to talk up the Nets, and I because I I can just see them be, yeah, choking. Being, yeah, being a fan and just just being a realistic fan, I can see them choking. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up the Nets' butts, but right now they're sitting first in the in the East right now. Finally, I thought the Sixers were still. No, they're, they they're finally, half a game up. Yeah, finally. About time. Yeah, with well, with Embiid going out for the Sixers, they kind of yeah you know, let the okay. Nets take take that first spot. But it's everyone's like. Making this seem like Lamarcus Aldridge is this all Crazy NBA guy. player. He's he's not what he used to be. Yeah, he exactly. He's not what he used to be. Everyone's like, oh, KD needs all this help, and like and like like dude, Griffin how said, how long has KD been out? It's like clearly yeah. the Nets are still winning. Yeah. Not KD needs the help. Yeah, it's like, hey. I just again with KD, we're with just Harden and Kyrie. The Nets were fine. They were competing. They were winning a, a crap ton of games. Yeah. They won on that like thirteen win game win streak. They were like fourteen and one in their last fifteen mm-hmm. before they lost a couple more. Yeah, but it's like and everyone like Blake Griffin said in that interview. The last two years, he's been been told that he's trash now, mm-hmm. and he comes to the Nets and everyone's flipping out. And I'm not trying to defend the Nets. Obviously, it, they're good players still, and you're just building a super team, but. LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, if they were put on a team that wasn't contending, everyone would be fine with it. Yeah. It's exact it's just because the Nets. And if they were put on a team together, just say that, they they wouldn't be any better without mm-hmm. with or without them, I don't think. E- exactly. People wouldn't be losing their minds if mm-hmm. they went somewhere like Orlando, you yeah. know. Uh, people would be like, Oh man. Yeah. Sucks to be you. You're in Orlando, yeah. you know. But now you're in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we were saying earlier though about the Nets choking, I really think that the Nets' biggest crutch this year and how they do in the playoffs and the finals depends on everyone staying healthy. Yeah. Because an injury to someone like Kyrie or KD or Harden is going to be the the difference maker. Honestly, yeah. you know, it's it's pain it's painful to say, but I really think that if the Nets go into a playoff game and it's like they're without Kyrie or they're without Harden, it's like, man, you know. But mm-hmm. I I think if just say just not knock on wood that mm-hmm. KD gets hurt again before the playoffs, just say it. Yeah. First round they'll be fine. Do you look they 
with just Kyrie, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Joe Harris last and night. This is just Kyrie. Yeah, no, just no Kyrie. Harden. No Harden, no KD. They blow out the the the, uh, the Hornets last night. Yeah. And so if you take out the one – even if you take out both of them, I think they win the first round easy. Because the, yeah. the Hornets right now are the fourth seed, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. I think first round you're fine. Second round, then you got a you got a problem. If just say even if it's Harden and Kyrie, you, yeah. you, I think you need the all three of them because going if you're the one seed and if you have to play the Heat in the in the second round, I think that's a problem if you don't have mm-hmm. all three of them. I just because yeah, you need everyone back. You mm-hmm. need your full strength. It's like this is the big three. You guys got to do this. You know yeah. that's why I think it's been like forever. If the Nets were in a situation like the Celtics were, hovering around 500 and they need to get in, I could see why you might want to rush KD back. But yeah. the Nets, yeah, there's no clearly they're winning without it, so mm-hmm. they are completely fine. Yeah, and to go and with, if we're talking about the Lakers and Drummond, mm-hmm. I think if any anyone should be complaining about teams, it should be people complaining about the Lakers. Because if you comparing LaMarcus Aldridge and Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond, like, leads the league in rebounds. It's like 16 and a half or something. Yeah. He's averaging, like, 17 points, I'm pretty sure, too. Obviously, a lot of those a lot of those rebounds are him missing layups and getting the ball back because he's yeah. not, like, he's not the best around the rim, which mm-hmm. is stupid because he's, like, seven foot. But it's, it's still, I think he's more impactful – on the Lakers than the Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin are going to be on the on the Nets. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge had like eleven points last night. Mm-hmm. I think Lamarcus Aldridge is there to be more of a a two way player to play some defense, mm-hmm. rebound the ball because DeAndre Jordan is terrible. Yeah, and another thing, this is, we weren't supposed to talk about this, but Nick Claxton needs to play more. Yeah, he's the best big on the Nets right now. I I don't understand why he's not playing more. Yeah. It, it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. That that's such a tragedy. Hopefully, yeah. something like that gets changed around mm-hmm. the, um, the yeah. towards near the and end. It's of the season. another thing. Like I don't know. We I think we've talked about this because we went on that rant about the Nets in one of our earlier our, episodes. Yeah, and DeAndre Jordan is only there because of Katie and Kyrie. The only yeah. reason they signed them is because Katie and Kyrie kind of ran the show last year before Steve Nash. At least Steve Nash is kind of actually being the head coach. Obviously, he has nothing to do with signing people and stuff, but. Like Steve Nash, I don't think is dealing with anyone's B, B, BS this year. But really, that's something that I don't like, though, as a Steve Nash head coach, because those player head coaches, I feel like they're not experienced as head coaches. I would really want someone who's more tender to being a head coach, dealing with these kind of guys. But maybe I could be wrong about that and be like, Steve Nash is kind of like the right guy because he was a player. He yeah. knows how it's like he was in the NBA. He was a good NBA player. It's like. Mm-hmm. He was a great NBA player. Great Fantastic. NBA player. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I don't know, little little net side tour, but they better they, they got to round off the edges. Yeah. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they're first in the East, but I think they 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 could use. A they still got more. a lot to go. Yeah. They still mm-hmm. got a lot to go. Anything can happen in the NBA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well said. All right, everyone. So we just finished off our NBA segment, and we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back to round off the episode. Uh, welcome back, everyone. After a little break in, in between uh, segments here, and after. Our NBA talk. We're gonna talk about baseball probably for the for the first time I think on this the podcast for and, most for no we've talked about baseball before but I feel like oh, this yeah, is, we talked about the this is finally starting it yeah. up as opening day was yesterday mm-hmm. and baseball season is finally in a way we're gonna do some talk about the new rule Tommy's got some things to say yeah. and we're gonna do our very 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 early MLB award winner prediction so mm-hmm. Tom take it away yeah so. I'm not trying to come off as a biased Yankees fan because obviously everyone hates Yankees fans to begin with, but 
and it, and it screwed the Yankees out of a win. Not necessarily did I – I don't know if they would have won the game anyway, but yeah, it, it really screwed the Yankees yesterday on opening days. This new rule, whereas when extra innings happen, the, 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 the last out in the ninth has to – gets to go on second base at mm-hmm. the start of extra innings. And I got two main points. One, the first one, it's just – it's the stupidest rule ever. This mm-hmm. rule is like in, in like is a high school rule. I'm pretty sure. Like really? I remember going to my sister's softball tournaments, and this rule was a thing. It's like called like the international runner or something. I don't know. Stupid, absolutely stupid. The fact that they want to shorten games and this is going to help the games end quicker and extra innings, but that's just so stupid. One of the most exciting things in baseball is these long extra inning games. Yeah, they're tiring and they get a little boring. Yeah. But there's no better thing than hitting a, a walk-off home run in the 15th inning or something. But this with this new rule, games end in the 10th, maybe 11th <laughs> inning almost every time. Excuse me. And it's it's just not – it's so stupid. The fact that just because this, it's a close game, you just could give free runs out basically. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's unfair and especially it's kind of – it puts a lot of pressure on the, on the, the home, home team, team. because if, if the – if on the top of the tenth, say like the like the Blue Jays did, they score their run. Now all the pressure's on the Yankees to do something yeah. in that bottom of the tenth. Mm-hmm. And and if it wasn't for that rule, the Yankees wouldn't have let up a run because they would have had the guy on second, and then what's his name, whoever whoever was pitching. I drawing a blank because I'm yeah. angry, but it was like Nick Anderson or I don't know whoever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, he he struck out the next three batters. So the Yankees going to the top of the 10 tied then if it wasn't for the stupid rule. Mm-hmm. And it's just because it, literally a single, literally one single can score a run and, and win either win the game if you're in the bottom of the 10th or, yeah. or lose the game if you're in the top and you don't score. And, and then people like say the argument, well, it's not, it's not like it's unfair because both get the, the man on second. But it's still stupid because, like I said, it puts all the pressure on the, the on the home team if the the away team scores in the top of the tenth. Yeah, and it's just I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about it? I don't know. That does sound kind of ridiculous. It's like how can you put so much pressure on the home team? And it's I think it's it's just all baseball's cracking down and everybody complaining about how long and boring mm-hmm. baseball is. But I guess it kind of just ruins it because if you made it to overtime, the game was already tied, right? Obviously, it's like things. It made it to overtime, right? And the fact that it got to overtime is meaning that you should now not try and speed it up because you're in overtime. It, I don't, I don't like the rule. It's, mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like it's something necessary because, frankly, it's like, what, what are you gonna do if then you score? It's just all too much pressure on the home team, unnecessary pressure. Where if you can extend it out to other innings and play it like you've been playing the entire game. That's what makes it more fair, you know. It really seems like it's something that's more on the unfair or fair kind of basis. Yeah, it's like it's like it's they're adding like a golden goal rule in baseball, like yeah. first goal wins in overtime in hockey or soccer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like that that th- those rules make sense because it's a continuous game. Yeah, you you don't get one chance and the team gets one chance. It's yeah. continuous. Yeah, you just it's it's how you play the game. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense the fact that they're trying to do this mm-hmm. and screw out teams obviously again it makes it you can't like take away the blue jays win because of it or obviously like i'm not like i'm giving the blue jays credit they they outplayed the yankees yesterday yeah but the fact that 
that it just shortens it, – it, obviously it shortens the game, but there's other th- ways to shorten the game. Pitchers take 30 seconds to throw yeah. the ball every freaking time. Every single Every, every single, single pitch. Everyone's got to take their hat off, rub the ball, get the get the the, 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 thing. the chalk. Look, look at a few fans in the yeah. stadium. Yeah, and, and, and you got catchers who have to check their wristbands and give the call, and that takes five to ten seconds every pitch. Yeah. This isn't the way to shorten the game. Yeah, I think there's other like a lot, if you I want to short. It, whoa, excuse me there. If you want to shorten the game, I really think the best way is that you force it that the pitchers have to do this in a quicker time. Mm-hmm. So they know that practically everybody does this in thirty seconds. You trim it down to maybe twenty seconds. Yeah. You shorten it each time because twenty seconds is still you got a lot of time, man. Yeah. You, you need twenty seconds to throw the ball again. Yeah, especially like, if you have these these insane at bats, 10, 11, 12, 13 pitches. That's Minutes, there, minutes, just yeah. Because of stupid, oh, I gotta gotta toss the chalk back in my hand. And, but but and it's the pace, off my hat. It, it's the baseball. I was joking around here. It's the baseball authenticity of yeah. it, where people are like, "Oh, is this America's pastime? I don't want to change it." But it's like things are getting newer and modern. And if, if that's the way to change the game and make it go faster, make it more exciting to watch, that'll bring in pe- new a new audience of people that care about baseball. If you make it quicker mm-hmm. and doing this in overtime is not the way yeah. like we said changing it with the pitchers is definitely the mm-hmm. way and my time to get angry here is the fact that how can it be that the first week and opening day the Mets series has already been canceled due to covid i don't know what the hell is going on with baseball how are they not doing any procedures at all how are these guys not even vaccinated yet well i mean i don't think Pretty sure like some NBA players are vaccinated, but like I don't think they're just giving out vaccinations to the to the players. athletes just cause just cause yeah, yeah that makes sense. Because then the, people would get angry. Yeah, yeah, normal people would be angry, but I mean clearly say, clearly we have enough of it to go around. I yeah. feel like it would be better. Maybe it's something to what? Don't get political. Oh, sorry, sorry everyone. <laughs> Uh, that's not what I was doing. I was just saying that maybe it's something that the owners can do to try and like be yeah. like, all right, Jerry Jones, let me get my Cowboys some some of these vaccines, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. That was a little. I'm just very annoyed yeah. that the Mets. I don't even get to watch them on opening day or the opening weekend just because some Nationals players got COVID. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get to see them on Monday. Uh, going back, going back to this this. Extra innings thing. Uh-huh. It, it goes back to just baseball on a whole and the stupid rules. The yeah. fact that this extra innings rule is passed, but the universal DH for the whole entire league is not. Oh, yeah. It's the stupidest that. thing. Absolutely dumb. Yeah. The, uh, how, I don't get it. You have it You have it in the 60-game season last year. And it, it was fine. It was perfect. Uh-huh. It makes teams better, and it makes pitchers less vulnerable. Yeah. I, if I'm Garrett Cole, just saying, and I'm playing in an NL, NL ballpark, why would I want to get sit in a batter's box with Jacob Degrom throwing ninety nine mile per hour fastballs? Well, hold on, uh, sorry, quick question here. It's been a long season from the baseball, but if the Yankees are playing the Mets at City Field, mm-hmm. does Garrett Cole have to get yeah. in the batter box because yeah. it's the NL Stadium, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, uh, you're definitely right. This is something that needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. It's like how has it gone on for so long like this? It's just not fair. I mean, mm-hmm. you do get to see the cool stuff like Bartolo yeah. Colon hitting a home run, but how often does that happen? Yeah. It's like, and it's like, yeah, it's your pitcher, but pretty much it's like a waste at bat. If mm-hmm. you can get a designated hitter in there, yeah. I could say you get more runs going in. It makes the game more exciting. Yeah. You know, it just seems like it makes it a better overall experience. Yeah, and if the MLB wants to make these games, well, makes the game less boring by making it shorter. Another mm-hmm. re- way to make it less boring is 
not have pitchers sitting there and trying to bunt. Yeah. It's it's stupid. That makes the game more boring. Yeah. You're like, oh, now I got to watch this yeah. pitcher pitch. I know have he's him not going to swing do at anything. three balls because he's a, he's a pitcher and hasn't hit in the last 10 years. Yeah. it's It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, a quick, quick, quick question going on here. Is there someone in the National League that's against it? I don't know. It's just the league, they were – like they after oh. the sixty game season, everyone was pushing for it again, and the league said no. I just it's so stupid. But but how, they let the American League do it. Yeah, well, it's always been in the American League. It's always uh, been. The NL oh, it, hasn't it's, had so, it. it's sort of like the AFC and the NFC, how they originally had their own two mm-hmm. rules, stuff like that, yeah. and then when they came together, I guess that's some of the rules still left. Sorry about that. Well, learning session here, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just so stupid. I, I don't. I disagree with it. Um, it's. Again, if even if I'm an NL pitcher and I'm playing the Mets, yeah. why would I want to sit here and have Jacob DeGrom throw 99-mile-per-hour fastballs when I'm not a hitter and I, I don't have experience hitting in the yeah. last 10 years again? It's like if I'm – okay, I'm Aaron Judge and I'm I'm at bat. Obviously, I'm at risk of getting hit by this 99-mile-per-hour fastball, but I'm a hitter. I've yeah. hit. You hit. You know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like It's like – Friday Night Lights. I, this is completely off topic. The show. Mm. It's like the quarterback. I don't. You, have you seen the show? Uh, no, I have not. The quarterback not. throws an interception and goes to tackle and breaks his neck and is oh, paralyzed because that happened. That sounds scary. Well, it's it's a it's a TV show. But anyway, God, sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's like why would obviously you want to teach everyone how to tackle, but why would I waste my time teaching my quarterback to tackle? When I don't have to, it's like when why would I teach to. my pitcher to hit when why, I don't have to? Why would I teach my punter how to hit? You yeah, know? it's like exactly. It doesn't make sense. Why would I teach my punter how to throw the football? Why? That's it. Just doesn't make sense. It's like it's kind of like that. I I really see it as the way as it makes the game more interesting if you get a designated hitter instead of going and you put Jacob Degrom at bat trying to get him to like do a bunt. It's like it, I, I it's stupid. I mean, some hitters or some pitchers can't hit. Like a while ago. When Madison Bumgarner was on the Giants, they mm. actually thought about not having the DH when he was pitching mm. and he was going to hit because he was a good hitter. Yeah. But again, you have these bozos sitting at, sitting at freaking, sitting in the batter's box, not knowing what to do and going to bunt. Mm-hmm. Just, it doesn't make sense. I know, it doesn't exactly. make sense. Oh, all right, everyone. So moving on, since the start of the MLB season, oh, yesterday, opening day, we wanted to do some very, 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 like I said earlier, very, very, very early MLB award winner predictions. And we're going to do NL and AL Cy Young and NL and AL MVP. Yeah. So I'll let Tom start. Um, We'll start with the Cy Young. In the AL, obviously everyone's going to be like, oh, you're going to go to Garrett Cole because you're a biased Yankee fan. No, I'm actually going to say Lucas Giolito mm-hmm. of the White Sox. Oh, great I pick. Just think, I think the White Sox are going to be really good this yeah. year. And I they have really good hitters, and I think Giolito leads that pitching staff, and he was really good last year. Mm-hmm. I just I think he threw a new, no-hitter last year, I'm pretty sure. I just think he carries momentum from 2020 mm-hmm. to 2021, and he's the AL Cy Young Well, if you're not going to take Garrett Cole, sure as hell I am, <laughs> because that's who I think is going to win it. It's like I don't like seeing the Yankees player winning it, but I think Garrett Cole is going to light it up this year, and I think New York pitchers are going to go off, and Garrett Cole is going to win the AL Cy Young. Moving on to New York pitchers, the NL Cy Young Award. Obviously, obviously I'm going to take the best pitcher in the league, Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. Jacob DeGrom is going to win it. Uh, a, a part of me is like, oh, Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers pick him. But, like, I don't think he'll have the same Cy Young year he had last year. Mm-hmm. And I 
the, the Mets are the one team, like rival team that I actually respect and I, I like. Like I, I don't root for them, obviously, but yeah, it, it makes me happy when I, I see when the you Mets see the play. Mets do good. Yeah, and I see, when I see Mets players do good, and I think uh, Jacob Degrom is he's just so dominant and like you said, the best pitcher in baseball. And yeah, he, uh, he hopefully this year he can actually get some some help mm-hmm. with some hitters actually scoring. Because, <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, that it was a that was a problem the last time he won it, but. Excuse me again, but I think Jacob Degrom wins NL Cy Young again. Mm, yeah, it's just dominant, absolutely dominant. <sighs> let's see here. Uh, let's move on to our MVPs, and I'm going to start off with my AL MVPs. Not staying in the NL, go AL here, and um, kind of the boring pick. I, I'm usually known to take the boring pick, but I think Mike Trout's going to win the AL MVP. Yeah, he's going to light it up this year. I, obviously, Trout's the favorite every year, and. A lot of people are saying if Judge stays healthy and in the lineup, he can yeah, win it. Yeah, uh, that that was someone who I was actually considering. If Judge if Judge stays healthy, I really think mm-hmm. he can't do it. Yeah, I just don't. Yesterday he was so bad, and obviously mm. it's one game. But again, if you just look at his past couple seasons, he can't stay on the field and and injuries, and I just don't see him winning it. And I'm going an absolute wild card, but oh. you picked Mike Trout on okay. the Angels. Boy. I'm picking an Angel. I'm picking Shohei Otani. No. If you think about the possibility of a two-way player, a dominant two-way player, there's no way, way he can't win a, a MVP. It's kind of like how you think about Giannis, who is Defensive Player of the Year most years and MVP. Yeah. Kind of like that. He can pl- he scores 28, 30 points a game, and he gets blocks and steals, and he's dominant on defense. If you take Shohei Otani and have him pitch, even if he's not in the rotation, if he pitches – every week or like once a week or once every two weeks and he's dominant at the plate, there's no way he shouldn't be an MVP. And it's, yeah. it's like, I think he's really going to turn the league around with, if he's dominant, he's so young. So I think he's really going to change the the way the games play played with two way players and pitchers and the, the ability to play BDHing or even yeah. play in the outfield first base, just, I think he's going to change the way the game's played, and he's going to win MVP, and he's going to really start the the change of the league, which I think is exciting. I great think that's, pick, yeah. that's great. That's awesome. Definitely yeah. an outside Well, what we're just talking about, changing the league, you know, mm-hmm. good yeah. stuff like that. And uh, moving on, NL MVP, okay. I mean, I don't want to pick any of these other good guys, like ugh, Ronald Acuna and um, Juan Soto, because they're Nationals, Braves, no way. So I'm sticking safe here. I think the Dodgers are going to light it up again, and I'm going to take Bookie Betts yeah. to win NL MVP. I really think he's going to light it up and help the Dodgers do good again this year. Yeah, I, I thought about Mookie. I thought about Bellinger, but I, I as much I, I just talked good about the Mets and how I love to see the Mets succeed. But there's one player I like in baseball. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. He is so – he's the way – Hey, 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 Pete Alonso still beat him in the home run competition. Okay, but if you think about it, he is, again, a player who's changing the game. He's good in the field. He hits absolute bombs. He yeah. can hit for base hits. And when he gets on base, he steals bases like it's nothing. And a lot of people are saying that he could be a 40-40 player with 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases. And I just think, again, if you do that, I don't think you sh- – there's no way – you don't deserve to win MVP. Yeah, and I think he's he's so fun to watch, and I love his swagger. Like <laughs> some people, I, I really don't like 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 cocky kids, cocky yeah. players, but just the way he, he his swag is so nice. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely good for sure. Um, all right, everyone, that was our MLB segment, and uh, we're gonna take a quick break and uh, hit some college basketball. 
Okay, everyone. So we're uh, back from our break, and we just wanted to round it off with. Um, since pretty much we're done with March and we're in April now, we wanted to talk about our brackets and how horrible they yeah. were. Because in the last episode, that's what we uh, that's what we covered the whole time about our brackets. And uh, yeah, it was kind of funny because we were so high on the Hook'em train. Yeah, hook, Hook'em train. Too bad. Hook'em the, train got out of the first round, yeah, right? First round, we both oh. had them in the final four. So that was like the big. Uh, a big upset yeah, for us. Yeah, and it, that was like the major bracket buster oh, for, for me. Oh, for me, I had Illinois in the final four. Yeah, they yeah, also. But yeah, so did I, but that was round two. But just going, seeing your one team from your final four going down in the, in the first, first round, round is just terrible. terrible. Absolutely awful. I mean, think about some of those. I remember I had Iona beating Alabama. Oh, that would have been such a wicked upset. They were winning, too, for a while. I know. Such a shame. There was a bunch of games where, like, teams blew leads and stuff. I yeah. think we were right about uh, Rutgers beating Houston, mm-hmm, uh, re- yeah. beating Clemson, yeah. but then losing to Houston. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then I, I was actually wrong in the Syracuse-West Virginia game. I had West Virginia winning. So did I. Syracuse won that. But yeah, then... I really didn't think – I don't know. I, I thought – well, that one kid, I can't remember his name on West Virginia. He, he had, like, seven threes. And I, and I said that the – that West Virginia shooting would really uh, take a toll on Syracuse's own. Mm-hmm. But I guess Buddy Buddy Buckets had a, a really good game there for Syracuse. And- yeah. Oh, another one that I think, too, we did not have UCLA in the Final Four. Oh, no. I didn't even I had, have UCLA winning yeah, I had the Michigan play-in. State. Well, yeah. if you if you make your bracket on the, on the ESPN Bracket Predictor app mm-hmm. and you pick the first four winners, then – it doesn't matter who wins in that first round. If you had so, like, I picked it wanting Michigan State to win, uh-huh. but since UCLA won, I mm-hmm. technically had them right in the first two rounds, but I didn't have them in the final four. Yeah. I had Michigan State beating BYU, and who they beat the next round? I don't remember. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, some other notable ones definitely didn't have Houston in the final four, but I did have um, Michigan and uh, Baylor in the final four. I had that. I had Gonzaga, or no, I had oh, Iowa. Oh, sorry, no, no, not Michigan and Baylor. I meant Gonzaga and Baylor. That's what I was thinking of, oh, not Michigan. I didn't even Michigan, have Michigan. I had Iowa. You had Iowa making yeah. it to the Final Four? Yeah, I had oh. Iowa, Texas, Baylor, and Illinois. Yeah, I remember I laughed at you for that, that you had uh, Michigan. I, I just didn't think well, I didn't think Iowa was going to lose, and I just think Iowa like, lost in the first round, right, or no, second? second to Oregon because oh. Oregon got the – the auto buy because of a uh, VCU testing positive. Yeah. But oh I just, yeah, I remember that. I just didn't think like I've watched a couple Gonzaga games here and there, but I just didn't. They're legit. Like I didn't think they would, and, and it's tough. You you start off the season playing this. They played a tough non-conference schedule at the beginning, but then you go into this this lame conference. Yeah, and it's like you lose all that momentum and that the, that big game ability. So I just didn't think they would do it, and I don't. I don't see UCLA beating them. I think Baylor. Is definitely the best chance anyone has to beating this Gonzaga team because mm-hmm. they're 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 really good. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely one that we didn't. No one had coming was Oral Roberts. Oh yeah, that's what that, I was gonna say. That game was crazy. Yeah. I think I, I remember actually I made some bracket revisions to had Ohio State go further because I originally had Ohio State losing in the mm-hmm. second round, which wouldn't have been as bad. But I, I would not have think yeah. Oral Roberts. I mean, a, b- a bunch of other the teams, like the ones we made fun of, like Grand Canyon or Colgate, they didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, didn't Colgate beat Arkansas? No, no they, Arkansas won. They were winning at halftime, and then they blew like an 11-point lead. Who would Arkansas lose to? Just a random. Sorry. They just lost to Baylor in the Elite uh, Eight. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So they end up making it further. So mm-hmm. pretty much we talked about this whole time. Final Four preview is going to be – it's going to be Baylor-Houston – 
and Gonzaga UCLA. Yeah. Um, I think even – I don't think – I guess if we're making predictions here, I think Gonzaga and Baylor make it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely if, it. I don't want Gonzaga to win. Like UCLA making it to the final would be so, so amazing. That would be so awesome. Huge, I love that. <laughs> Interact my inner love for UCLA yeah. Detroit. UCLA. <laughs> but I just don't see it. And, I, and like as if I'm a – I'm, as a college basketball fan, mm-hmm. I want Baylor Gonzaga, the top yeah. two teams from start to finish, just going that would, at it. That would be for awesome the, for the best national championship. But my heart is also telling me to root UCLA. for UCLA. Yeah, I'm gonna root uh, for honestly, UCLA. Honestly, Houston but, is the one team that I could care less yeah, about. I, I think like I I don't like Houston. They beat Rutgers, not cool. and they beat Syracuse. So not not cool. Them. Ended the trains yeah. for Rutgers and I Syracuse. Know, yeah. The local. The local teams. Not but. cool. Not cool. Um, yeah, Houston. I don't care about Baylor. Uh, if it goes to Baylor and Gonzaga, excuse me, I'd really want to see Gonzaga win. Mm-hmm. I think Gonzaga is definitely the team that I want winning because I I actually have them winning my bracket. So I then I would actually have my bracket correctly. I had Baylor beating uh, Iowa in the final. So, <laughs> but another thing I just want to talk about is well, you hold on. Sorry to interrupt you, but you only had one Final Four team, right? Yeah, it's right. tough. Yeah. yeah, I had two. Sorry, sorry. You but, go back to what you're saying. One thing I want to talk about is like how. The NCAA is granting this extra year of eligibility to some players, and I think it'll really help or it'll really benefit some of these seniors, uh-huh. like Isaiah Livers from Michigan, who got hurt yeah. in the first or before the, in the, uh, I think he got hurt in like the last regular season game uh-huh. before the Big Ten tournament. I think he should come back for one more year, run it back. I think they could definitely contend for national championship again. And another one who was like, I never, I, I, I'm not really a Rutgers fan, but watching them this season, it, they're a really fun team, and I would really want Geo Baker to come back for one more year yeah. to lead Rutgers with Ron Harper Jr. for just one more March Madness run because it's been so long, and it's been such a drought mm-hmm. and just lack of good anything for Rutgers. And, again, I don't like Rutgers, and I in football, I'm, eh, they're like, eh. But yeah, oh, you, they, they, I thought they stink. They Rutgers stink, football. but, like, even when they were good, I was just like, ugh, Rutgers. Yeah. But – it's just nice to have a local team. That's good. Yeah, like seeing Hall's good in basketball usually, but they have. Well, the, well I think we're always just uh, we are so unfortunate because all the New York teams stink. Yeah. There's only a select few. Mm-hmm. Well, now Brooklyn's finally starting to do good, and yeah. I guess the Islanders are good. Mm-hmm. Pretty much other than that, the football th- team stink. I mean, the Yankees just don't live up to the yeah, expectations. Exactly Mets, oh, maybe they're going to finally do something mm-hmm. this year. You know, about time. Yeah. Um, Nick's, it, Nick's always stink, mm-hmm. but and it's then, always nice to have that local team that that's you can good. root for, and yeah, even like them or hate them. Like if they're going, if they're, if they're, if they're your local team, you yeah. gotta like them, mm-hmm. unless you root against them. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I would definitely like to see Geo Baker back for Rutgers, and mm-hmm. pretty sure they have some a decent, a decent recruiting class coming in. Paul McKay's returning. Mm-hmm. I, I think Rutgers could be good if Geo Baker returns for that fifth year. Yeah. So some other news in the college basketball is U UNC uh, coach Roy Williams mm-hmm. was it he just retired and uh, yeah what what do we got to unpack here I I don't it's like part of me is like oh it's like thank God you know yeah but another part of me is like like he's been so good at this sport yeah he's really just made college basketball better he's made the Duke UNC rivalry better and as mm-hmm. a Duke fan. It's it's gonna be de- way different to see a, a, a new coach, Williams. yeah, a new face. You know, it, it honestly reminds me that like the rivalry is like between Coach K and mm-hmm. Roy Williams. These two are like they've gone each other, gone at each other as coaches, and now this is like something that's come to an end. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, it's definitely an end of an era, and it's it's, it's eye opening as a Duke fan because Roy Williams is 
70. Coach K, I think, just turned 74, I'm pretty sure. Wow, they're that old? They yeah. don't look that old. Coach K looks a lot younger than 74. But Roy yeah, Williams. Roy, Roy thought, Williams looks yeah, old. Yeah, but it's it's definitely an end of a, the ending of an era, and I just it's sad, but it's also good. Yeah, it's good to good to see that. I mean, he's going out. Yeah, he's going out on a bang. Not really, because really they lost to Wisconsin in the first they, round. But, they lost to Wisconsin in the first round. Yeah. I thought they made it further. No, they lost in the oh, first round. But a lot of he said in his press conference was was kind of sad. He was like. All these years, I thought I've been the best person for this job, and now I don't think I am anymore. So, because they've had a kind of hit a, a little rough patch, but Slouch, yeah, uh, and um, it's kind of weird. It's just gonna be weird yeah, not to yeah. see him on the Definitely. sideline. Sorry, what I was gonna say earlier is, do you think you're experienced enough to say that who who you think they may pick as their next head coach? Um, I think his name's Wes Miller or something from UNC Greensboro. He's the favorite? Yeah, I think right now he's like a younger guy. Pretty sure he's a, a UNC alum, so I think he's the head guy right now. For a lot of things about the Florida coach, maybe going. Yeah, Jerry Stackhouse. I'm pretty sure was another name. He he played in the NBA. Yeah. So hold up, I gotta ask. He was like the head coach for like thirty three years, right? Yeah. I, head coach or at least coaching. I right? think he's been coaching for thirty years. He was at Kansas and then he came to North Carolina. But when MJ was at UNC, he wasn't around. He yet, was right? an assistant. Oh, he he, was an I'm assistant. pretty sure he recruited Jordan. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Right? Another thing I want to talk about is it's weird because. Shaka Smart, he was the coach at Texas. And, yeah. And they obviously they lost in the first round. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were thinking, oh, he's going to get fired. He's going to yeah. get fired. And the fact that he didn't even get fired and then he t- took another job at Marquette before he even got fired was really like, like wow. crazy to me. Eye opening. Yeah. And another thing is, is you have this, you have this kind of like a Texas, Texas Tech rivalry. And yeah. then Texas Tech's coach, Chris Beard, goes to Texas to be their head coach. <laughs> and it's weird. Yeah. That, that's something weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, well, you can say it's sort of like um, Giants-Cowboys rivalry. Yeah. Jason Garrett goes mm-hmm. from being the head coach. Yeah. Absolute um, prodigy, not prodigy, um, adored by Jerry Jones, and now mm-hmm. goes and accepts a job at the Giants. Yeah. Another thing, just to wrap it up, today was announced that, because Oklahoma's head coach, Lon Kruger, retired also, and finally Porter Moser, the head coach of Loyola Chicago, is getting this big deal. He's going to Oklahoma to be their head coach. So mm. big congrats to him because yeah. he definitely deserves it. Good stuff. He, yeah, I think he he's so he's such a talented coach, and I think he really proved that with uh with his two Cinderella runs in Loyola Chicago, and they probably would have made it again last year without all the cancellations. So yeah, and he's young. He'll I think he'll bring a good culture to Oklahoma because they really need it because they've been struggling in basketball since uh, Buddy Heel brought him to the Final Four a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. So that pretty much just concludes this week's episode of the Sports Basement Podcast. It was fun. Talked about a lot of good stuff. And uh, catch you next time. Mm-hmm.